Well, good evening, everyone. Uh, my name is Michelle. I'm the family pastor, but I am a grateful believer in Jesus Christ. I struggle with grief, codependency, and control. Thank you so much. I told everybody I'm nervous-sided. I'm nervous-sided to be here tonight. Nervous and excited all combined. Um, this is my first time ever to get to speak in Big CR when it wasn't like a kid's message or something like that. So I'm really, I'm super stoked. But they gave me one of the hardest lessons for my first time. But that's okay. We're going to pray. God's going to do his thing. And it's, it's, I'm really believing that there's some people here tonight that need to hear this. So would you uh, open real quick in a word of prayer with me? Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this opportunity to speak tonight. Father God, we just invite your Holy Spirit. We know you're already here, but Lord, we just invite your Holy Spirit into this place. Lord, open our ears and our hearts. Lord, if there are people with, that, are troubling, that are struggling with this, and um, Father God, I just pray that you would prick their hearts tonight, Lord, and that you would just show them what they need to do, Lord. We give this service to you. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. So I think before we can look at the definition of sanity uh, and what it looks like in our life, that we first should look at what insanity is, right? Because sanity, I think, should be the opposite of insanity. Would you agree? And so the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. So I'm going to say that again because it's really important that you know that definition as we go through this lesson. Okay, if you know it, you can say it with me. Insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. So many of us working on recovery, we experience insanity because we get stuck in these unhealthy patterns or unhealthy relationships or making those same unhealthy decisions, and we just get really stuck there. That's where the insanity comes in. We're doing these same things over and over again, thinking this time it'll be better or this time it's going to be different. I'm sure I can totally get this under control. I've got it this time. And that's insane, right? We, we know that does not happen. So let's think about what is sanity then. It's got to be the opposite of doing these same things over and over again. Sanity means that we stop doing those same things over and over again in order to get a different result, which is what we want in recovery. We want a different result. So sanity is defined. I love this definition. It's defined as wholeness of mind making decisions based on truth. I'm going to say that again. Sanity is defined as wholeness of mind, making decisions that are based on truth. Now, I teach a lot, mostly almost all the time, in kids and students, and when we do the sanity lesson, it's actually titled Peace, which I think is very fitting, right? Because if we're walking away from insanity, walking towards sanity, we will be walking in God's peace. And there's a story in the Bible that I think beautifully illustrates a way to stop the insanity. And I want to look at that. This story is actually found in three of the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. It's in three of those. But this particular version of the story that tells Peter's part, which is what I want to focus on, it's only found in one of the Gospels, and that's in Matthew. Can everybody say Matthew? 
Okay, you've had a long day at work. I want to make sure you're awake and track him. So this is Matthew chapter 14, verses 22 through 33. So you got to hear the day that Jesus has had before we hear this story, okay? Jesus and his disciples, they've had this super long day, and they are absolutely exhausted. The day started, they got sad news that John the Baptist had been killed by King Herod. So that's how their day started. Jesus found out that his cousin has been killed. Then they travel across this lake to try to get away and have this moment of peace and just kind of be there and pray by themselves. And all these crowds follow. So many crowds follow that Jesus is healing, doing miracles all day. And then he ends the day by feeding over 5,000 people with five loaves of bread and two fish. Now, that's just where this story starts. Can you imagine that day already? So this is where this story starts, okay? So we're going to look at Matthew chapter 14, verse 22. Here's what it says. It says, immediately, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side when he dismissed the crowd. Moving on to 23. After he had dismissed them, he, Jesus, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. Later that night, he was there alone. So you get it? They're gone. He's back. Verse 24, and the boat was already a considerable distance from land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. Now, I have a video that I want you guys to see that I I think will really help you visualize what is happening in this passage. So let's take a look. Messiah. Peter, 
You need to be strong. Okay, so let's break down this video. Probably you're like, where is she in the world? Is she going with this with the lesson of sanity? We're going to get there, I promise. So let's break, let's break this down. So they're in this boat, right? And a terrible, horrible storm pops up. And they look out and they see someone or something walking on the water. Could you catch what they thought it was at first? A ghost. That's right. They're like, they think it's a ghost. And then Jesus speaks and they know, oh, it's, it's Jesus. It's okay. Now, what the scripture actually says in verse 28, Peter says, Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. First of all, really, Peter? Like, come on. You're scared to death in a boat with this huge storm, and you want to get out and walk on the water to Jesus. Okay, sure. So Jesus, in verse 29, Jesus says, come, he said. Peter gets out of the boat, walked on the water, and came toward Jesus. Can you believe that? He actually walked on water, at least for a second, right? Verse 30 says, but when he saw the wind, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, cried out, Lord, save me. Verse 31, immediately Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said. Why did you doubt? And then our video stopped when Jesus reached in and saved Peter. And this is how the story ends in verse 32. It says, and when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Then those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. So that's an amazing story, right? But it's not just a story, it's history, correct? It actually really happened. So what does this story have to do with sanity? So here's where I'm going with this. I think that the first step towards sanity is getting out of the boat. In the Bible, it talks about this physical storm that is just raging around the disciples. But I think we can relate that to the storms that we are going through, symbolic storms in our life. Maybe you have a storm that you're living in, trying to walk away from. Maybe you're stuck in a storm. Storms could be brewing all around you. Storms of addiction, storms of grief, Storms of a loss that you're grieving, worry, storms of stress, family issues like home life issues, marriage issues, divorce issues. Storms are all around us. Can everyone agree with that? That's why we're here. We've got storms in our life. Well, I believe that just like Peter uh, was called by Jesus to get out of that boat and put his trust in him, that God is calling each of us to get out of our boat. The first thing we have to do to have sanity or peace in our lives is to get out of the boat. We have to stop doing the same thing over and over again. Peter could have just easily stayed in that boat. I mean, maybe he would have felt safe in that boat, even though the storm is absolutely out of control. But Jesus was right there saying, come, come to me. And I believe that whatever storm of life that you're in right now, that Jesus is also calling you to get out of that boat, trust him, take a step forward, and put your faith in him. It actually blows my mind that Peter was able to do this. I mean, he's literally the only human that we know of that's ever walked on water other than Jesus, who's all God too, right? 
I believe that God is calling us to do something great, something mind-blowing, something amazing, but we have to put our trust in him. The Bible tells us that when Peter kept his focus on Jesus, what was he able to do? He was able to do it, right? He was able to walk. But as soon as he stopped and he looked and he, he watched the circumstances around him, he began to sink. In other words, when he went back to insanity, when he looked at, oh, look at my life. Look what's going on in my life right now. My circumstances are terrible. It's just I'm out of control. When he stopped focusing on Jesus, when he stopped coming back, he began to sink into insanity. Going back to that definition of sanity, it says making decisions based on the truth. So when we know the truth that God loves us, the truth that he wants a personal relationship with us, he wants to be our best friend, when we know the truth that he has wonderful plans for our life, we can actually step out of insanity and start walking in sanity. You can get out of the boat. So let's look at our little acrostic for what um, sanity stands for. Our S is strength. We can have the strength to rely on him. The Bible says in Psalms 46, verses 1 through 2, that God is our refuge and our strength. He is an ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear Though the earth give away and the mountains fall into the heart of sea. So strength, we can have strength in Jesus. The A is for we have to learn to accept others for who they are. If we want to live in sanity, there's certain people we just know that's what I can expect from them. That's what they are able to give in this relationship. And I'm just going to accept them for who they are because God accepts them. And so we have to have strength. We have to accept. Romans 15, 7 says, accept one another, just as Christ has accepted you. So we're going to rely on God for strength. We're going to accept the people around us just the way they are. And then we're going to, in order to get out of this boat of insanity, we're going to live this new life that God has called us. Did you know that you are his creation? He created you just the way you are with all your little quirks and everything about you, right? So you're gonna begin to live in this new life. Once you're walking in this new life, then we can begin to live a life of integrity. We can be a person that people count on. We can show up for things that we've told people we will do there. We can follow through with our commitments. So we've got, we're going to live our strength in Jesus. We're going to accept others. We're going to walk in this new life, this new creation he's given us. And we're going to try to live with integrity. The Bible says in 3 John verse 4, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. That's walking in that integrity. The T stands for trust. We just have to trust Jesus that we're not going to drown, right? We have to put our full trust in him. I love this verse. This is one of my favorite verses of all times. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding, but in everything submit to him. He will make your path straight. And then last of all, we put all of this together with sanity that we have to rely on our higher power. Nothing's going to work if we don't put that trust and hope in Jesus Christ. 
Romans 5.8 says, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. He did it all. We just have to trust him. Okay, so let's go back to this boat analogy, okay, with Peter. We got to keep our eyes focused on Jesus. The second we take our eyes off of Jesus and we start looking back on what we've been living in and the circumstances, we can very, very easily sink into insanity. I mean, think of Peter. He's literally looking at the Son of God. And even in that moment, he still struggled, didn't he? He's literally looking at Jesus in the face and he still let his circumstances sink him back down. So we've got to stay focused on Jesus. So how do I make sure I'm focused on Jesus? And I'm not going back to that insanity. I'm not going back that way anymore. Well, some simple steps. Uh, We're going to read our Bible, right? We're going to get in there and know the truth so that we can stand on it. We're going to get in our Bible. We're going to come to CR where we can have teaching and accountability and all the things that we need to help us keep our eyes focused. We're going to come to Southern Hills on Sundays and Wednesdays too. It's a great place to come and learn and grow with people that love the Lord. We're going to get in small group. We're going to go to small group right after we leave here, right? We're going to join and be involved in a step studies. One of the best things I've ever done is go through a step study. We're going to be open and honest about our thoughts and our feelings, our struggles, our hurts, our habits. Those are steps towards sanity. Those are ways that we can keep our focus on Jesus. I mentioned in the very beginning that um, with insanity that we can get stuck in these unhealthy patterns or decisions or maybe an unhealthy relationship. For me, as I reflected over this lesson, I thought, when are those times in my life that I've really gotten stuck and uh, on repeat of doing those things over and over again? And for me, it's always been about relationships. That's when I've been stuck the worst, in unhealthy relationships. I dated a guy when I was younger Um, He was very manipulative, and he was a very overbearing person. And I stayed with him in that unhealthy relationship for nine years. Let me say that again. That's a long time. Nine years. The worst part about those nine years is it was from the age of 16 to 25. Those are really formulative years in a person's life, you know. And like I said, he was very manipulative, and I was a people's people people pleaser. I wanted to please him, so um, developing codependency just went hand in hand with that. Um, I knew it wasn't healthy, but I was just stuck in insanity. I kept going back thinking, this time it's going to be better. This time it's going to be better, but it wasn't. I had so many chances to walk away from that relationship, but I stayed in that storm because my focus was not fully on the Lord. I was saved, I was a believer in Jesus Christ, but I wasn't fully trusting him. And so I just stayed in that storm. I knew he was my savior, but I wasn't walking in that trust. So finally, one day, I decided to get out of that boat. And I walked away from that unhealthy relationship. And I fully put my focus and my trust on my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, I'm going to be honest, Step even at my age, I won't say how old I am, but that was a really long time ago that that happened. Stepping away from that relationship was truly one of the most difficult things I've ever done. But I knew that God was calling me to trust him. I knew that he would be there for me. And let me tell you, I am so thankful that I was obedient. I could never have lived this amazing life that God had planned for me if I would have stayed in that relationship. 
I've been married to an awesome husband for over 26 years. Woohoo! Uh, who loves me. He loves Jesus, and he leads our family so well. I have a beautiful daughter that loves the Lord um, and is living her life for the Lord. And um, I am just so blessed. I just thank you, Jesus, for that. You know, walking on water, if, if, I can't wait to talk to Peter in heaven one day. He's like my favorite disciple. I just love him because he's just so impulsive. It's great. But walking on that water, was pro- I always want to ask him, was that one of the most amazing things you ever got to do? Like, I think it would have been, right? Um, stepping away from that unhealthy relationship, it allowed me to live this amazing, wonderful life that God called me to do. And I believe that God has a wonderful plan for each and every person in this room. If you are willing to walk away from your storm, get out of the boat and start to focus fully on him. So as we move into our blue chip time, band, you can go ahead and come on forward. This is what I want you guys to do. If you'll just humor me for a moment, I want everybody to just close their eyes for a second, okay? And I want you to picture yourself in a boat similar to what we saw on the video. And I want you to think about the storms in your life and picture what is raging all around you. What is the storm to you? Is it an unhealthy relationship like mine was? Is it a storm of addiction that you just can't seem to break? Is it a friendship? Are you drowning in grief right now? Whatever your storm is, as I close in prayer, I just pray that you would give that storm over to Jesus tonight. Commit to him that you're going to lay it at his feet and let him do what only he can do. I pray that you would have the strength to walk from insanity to sanity. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you so much that your word says, Lord, when we know your truth, your word says over and over again that you will never leave us, you will never forsake us, that you are there for us, Father God. So what I pray tonight that people would respond, whatever their insanity is, whatever their storm is in their life, Lord, I pray that they could just lay it at your feet, put their full focus on you and trust in you to go down that path that you are leading him, leading them in, Father God. We just give it to you. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. So if you are ready to take that first step and get out of the boat, we would love to pray with you tonight. The altars are always going to be open. I would love to pray with you. Anyone would love to pray with you. But we also have something special that we do. We get to come forward and take a blue chip of surrender. And this is if if you have anything in your life that you're just like, I just need to do this or I just want to give this to the Lord. You can come forward and you can take a blue chip and just surrender that to God tonight. If you're new, women are gonna take from women and men are gonna take chips from men. And um, come down, pray, take a blue chip. We just um, give this time to the Lord. Thanks so much for letting me share.